popping, y'all. I'm gonna be with y'all in a minute. Hold on, hold on. Let me switch that while y'all waiting. That's crazy. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna get this feed going on my personal page too. <clears throat> Cause fuck it. What up to all my homies who probably not even seeing this yet, but you will. Shout out to my young bucks who don't know nothing about what y'all hearing right now. This is the Arvers Life Podcast. All right. Tune in, motherfucker. Oh, no, nah, I ain't do that right. We almost ready, y'all. Hold on. Hey. Here we go. Tune in, motherfucker. Hey. Hey, yo, what's poppin'? It's your boy QC. You know what I'm saying? It's R versus Life. Yeah, this is QC. Some people call me Quentin. People call me Quentin Counts and all of that. But uh, today, I'm just rocking with y'all. I know it's been a while. I owe y'all a couple of uh, episodes. You feel me? First and foremost, shout out to my man Tev95. He be making all like the, you know what I'm saying, the, the beats for everything that we be doing. Shout out to uh, my man Nifty. Shout out to Drea. Beat by Dre, Nifty Clothing. We threw this extra, extra dope uh, 90s, 2000s uh, party last night. And it was extra fire. You feel me? He gave him extra tips, uh, extra uh, cheap tickets and all of that. Know what I mean? Everybody came through with the Nifty Fit. It was a really good look. Shout out to my man Domo. Shout out to DJ Tropic. You know what I'm saying? Tropic doing what he does best. You feel me? Showing us showing us the ropes and all that. Um, yeah, man. So, yo, we'll, you know, um, this episode, um, we're going to be talking about, I'm going to go in a little bit of detail about, like, some of my book references and why I liked them in the first place. I did a post uh, a little while back. People showed interest. Like, some of them was like, oh, yeah, it sounds dope, but we don't know. Like, tell me more type shit. So this episode is going to kind of be like, all right, I'm basically going to be breaking down these books, you know what I'm saying, what I got from them. Some of them was regular books. Some of them was audio books. Um, but I'm basically going to be talking about what I got out of them. And this is especially for my motherfuckers who don't be having time to read like that. You know what I'm saying? Or, or like, motherfuckers don't read like that. It should be like that, you know? Um, so I got a nice little juicy little list for you. So um, but I'm going to get to that. But... uh I got a couple people to shout out first and foremost. Shout out to my man Deuce Ellis. Uh, he gonna be having an event at uh, hold on, what's the name of the uh, my favorite venue? Venue called uh, it's gonna be at uh, that shit gonna be at. Fuck with the name of that shit. Man. Where it's gonna be at in uh, Bushwick, the Bushwick Generator. Um, Bushwick Generator seven to nine. Uh, June 11th, they're going to be having like a panel, a group discussion slash performances is going to be going on. But they're going to be talking about how to like go about this whole, uh, you know, the currency thing and mixing, you know, in these like uh, indie artists agendas and whatnot with the technology technology that's available to us. So uh, I'm definitely trying to um, get up in there. Uh, this is definitely brought to you by App Call Artery. You know what I mean? Um Shout out to my man Chris Carr, he put me on. Artery is basically it's a it's an app 
uh, it's, a, it's like a uh, it's like a networking in a sense where it's like you can sign up your space, either your apartment, your backyard, your rooftop, whatever the case may be. Let's say you're not even that social, but if you make your spot available on Artery, somebody can host their situation in your spot. You know what I mean? And uh, y'all can like split the bread as made. Uh, you can set prices for tickets. You can do donation based. You can do completely free. But it's a way to kind of help, like you know what I'm saying? Uh, economic change going on. People are making. Uh, they're being the shot calls for the shit that they're doing because in New York City, for those who are artists and performers, you know that that venue thing is not a game. It's almost like always, it's always based on who you know, a lot of times the color of your skin and who got the most money type shit. So this is something that's good to help decentralize that kind of like monopoly, if you will, because uh, platforms still need to be had, but it shouldn't always have to be in the hands of these venue owners. Um, so yeah, shout out to Artery. I'm going to put a link to that. Um, this event right now, actually, I'm gonna put it in the, in the in the jump off. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you know, jump off. I'm gonna put it in the jump off. You know what I'm saying? There we go. Ah. Right. All right. Um. So yeah. So back to that event. Um. This past uh, what was it? Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Friday, June eighth. We did the uh, lituation, lituation six, uh, lituation six. Extra dope. You feel me? Uh, me and Domo so crazy. We go about vice versus rapping DJ duo. Um, every now and then we do this thing called lituation where it's like, all right, we perform, we rap, people know us for doing all of that, but we also DJ. So it's like, that's a designated night where we can just like fuck all the performing and rapping and shit, which is dope. People like it. But like, this is a night where you're focusing on just dance party, dance party and something where we just engage in the community. So we look, we always look for vendors. We always look for, you know, fellow curators to uh, partner with another, um, you know, um, you know, local businesses, especially black businesses or whatever. Uh, shout out to my blacks and Latinos and all of that. So we always looking to partner to help make that work out. Um, so last one we had was at Star Bar. Shout out to Star Bar. Shout out to Anna, Anna Kate and McNair and all of that. They always holding it down for us. Um, you know, uh, I, like I was wearing like fourteen hats last uh, that night. You know, I was the I was the DJ. I was the I was the the MC on the mic, the the host. I was a door guy, I was promoter. You know, what I'm saying it was it was lit. It was it was cool though. I had fun with it. Shout out to everybody that was cooperating with me at the door. You know what I mean? I'm not used to being the door guy, so I barely even really knew. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Copy, yeah, five dollars, boom. Walk the double V's on your wrist, whatever. Um, but I had to throw a bro out though. There's one bro. First of all, we you know we in uh, Gentrified Bushwick and all that. There's always one. There's always at least one motherfucker you gotta violate or something like that. Who tries to violate and you gotta counter violate. Um, so so I'm at the door right, and every now and then I like step in and like get a couple of moves in with somebody, but I'm still at the door. So I catch these two bros. They try to come in. I turn around. And say, hey, whoa, whoa, yeah, hey, what's up? How you doing? It's five dollars to get in. You know what I mean? He's at five dollars. He look in here. Same paying five dollars. Excuse me. I had a dad hit him with the the palm to the chest. Like yeah, yeah. Nah, you ain't getting in my brother. Turn back around. We are gonna try this again. You feel me? Like yeah. I just thought it was funny. It's always it's always fun to curve a bro in Justify Bushwick. So uh, that was just a little highlight for my night. Uh, Dre got extra lit. Shout out to Dre. Shout out to my man Nifty. He hit me with the fit. Shout out to Mars uh, 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 Mars Millie. Mars Millie came through. Um, words, man. Shout out to to the whole RI Bronx. Shout out to you know the whole Queens, Brooklyn. You already know what's up, yo, Manhattan, LES, Sixth Borough. You already know what time it is. Fuck that. Nah, I'm just kidding. Um, not really, but uh, yeah. So it was it was dead fun. You know what I mean? So we definitely gonna uh, we gonna hit y'all with another date. Um, on like the next situation, we do a monthly. Um, so yeah, holla at your old boy Rick James. Um, cool, cool, cool. Also. I gotta give a you know a formal 
this is something, this is in regards to like how I'm doing the the podcast or whatnot. Like, so people usually know about just the, the recordings going up on the services. By the way, we're on, you know, Google Play, Google Play, uh, iTunes podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, all that stuff. So this whole Facebook Live thing is like relatively new. So we're going to see how this turns out. We've recorded the audio also, so we can still do that. But this is a good way to talk directly to the people and all of that. You feel me? So, yeah, man. Shout out to everybody who, like, I've recorded mad episodes already. There's people who I had as guests, interviewed them and all of that. They, they be following up. They be hitting me up like, yo, Q, when's that episode coming out, man? Like, it's crazy. Like, you know, I got you, you know. You know, apology for the wait, but I promise you it's going to be well worth it. You know, uh, this goes back to like why we do the podcast in the first place. Um, you know, like there's people, uh, a lot of y'all are dope. You know, there's people that's doing dope things out here in these streets. And it's easy to underappreciate that in one of the most competitive cities you could ever be in, regardless of what industry you're in. You could be a farmer. There's mad comp out here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. So it's easy to just be in a bubble and always feel like you're under because no matter where you at, there's always somebody there that appears to be way levels ahead of you. So this podcast is most is levels to this shit, like Rick Ross said. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a way for you to get to kind of talk about your journey, what you're doing, what you've accomplished, what you've conquered, the obstacles, your setbacks and all of that. And, you know, it's different when you just hear yourself, you know, talk about that kind of stuff. And you be like, oh, wait a second. I ain't that much of a dumb nigga, you know? Like, I, I think, I, yo, that's pretty popular. And it could also be dope for people that work with you, people that collab with you. They get to look deeper in what's behind, you know? We we have but so much time to really get to know a person, what their motivations are or whatnot. So this is a good chance for, you know, for people to really get to know, you know, what's behind this profession that I work with all the time, you know? And that can help us move forward. Like, all right, how can I come correct with this person now that I understand furthermore what's important to this person, why they're into it, what their story and journey and priorities are. So, you know, we I can go deep. I can have a whole episode about what the podcast is about and what we're looking to accomplish and all of that. Um, so, yeah, so shout out to, uh, shout out to uh, King from uh, Black Saturday Records. Shout out to BS. I'm trying to get Paco G-Train Bandit on the podcast. We're going to get him on there soon. Shout out to Shane Moe. Shout out to, uh, yo, there's so many people I owe. <laughs> so, shout out to the Lit Network. Uh, Lit Network is fire. Lit Network is like, it's a professional network for women of color, especially for this generation. You know, millennial age sort of thing or whatnot. They just looking to just each one teach one. And they do great dope events. They have resources, training resources. It's just straight up fire. They got every color under the rainbow. It's that white. Yeah, so, uh, what else? We'll, we'll get on to this, gentlemen. Before we get into the meat of the joke. Um, also, shout out to NYC Grind. For those who don't know about NYC Grind, NYC Grind is freaking fire. Uh, I'm, I promise I'm not biased, you know, because I'm near like I'm one of the official DJs. But NYC Grind, they're one of the biggest uh, events that's going on in New York City, art-based events, where they do a lot of showcases. And uh, I think annually they do a, a huge art bash where it's just like hundreds and hundreds of people in this big glorious gallery and they have like all kinds of art hanging up. You can buy art, they got all kinds of, it's, just, it's a cluster fucking dopeness. So, but they're having some things coming up. July 7th, actually, I think it's the This Is America show where they're having artists submit art pieces to, this is inspired by, obviously, Childish Gambino's song. Um, this is America. So they're accepting submissions for art by artists who make pieces specifically for this event 
in the, this is for people who they can make pieces that kind of illustrate what America is to them. And I think that's fire because I think it's going to be a little bit different for each person. You know, for instance, you ask me to draw a picture of what I think America is. <laughs> it's going to be dark. I ain't even going to talk about it here because, you know, I'm a politician right now. You know, but uh, so shout out to them. This is July 7th. Uh, I can definitely post their IG, look at their IG, sign up, get their updates on the events that's going on. They always got something fire going on. It's one of the most accommodating movements I've seen. And they, they really care about the culture. And, they, and it's such a diverse staff, people with different backgrounds, gender identities, crafts, and all of that has helped making this happen. So they got their ears to the streets. Shout out to Safiel. I'm looking to get her on the podcast, too. Shout out to Paul. And lastly, they have a, a, a rehearsal studio in... I think it's borderline between Bushwick and Ridgewood. Ridgewood. It's called the Grind Studios. And great rate. $10 an hour. You really can't beat that. And they're always doing periodic deals where they be like, yo, it's Saturday. Everybody get a free hour or something like that. Like, you know, so definitely go to their website. I'm going to post their IG and everything. Go to their website. I'm going to post that as well. Follow up with them. It's extra fire. All right. So now I'm going to get into this book thing. All right. Hold on. Let me sip some more coffee. That itis is real. So, yeah. So, first book on my list, all right, is, as cliche as this might even sound, is um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, you might have heard about it, and you know how, you know how, uh, you know, I know how people look at, quote-unquote, self-help books. It's not always in the most positive light. And, yes, there is a lot of shady shit. And the self-help industry, there's a lot of corny shit in there, but you'll find some real shit uh, if you, you know, pay attention and keep your ears to the street. So, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, written by Stephen Covey. That was one of the first books I came across and really read, like, you know, um, seriously, that wasn't, like, just straight-up work-related. And one of the... So, they, it's pretty much, like, a way to go about life and, you, you know, you... Setting your goals but not killing yourself mentally, spiritually over it, or beating yourself up when things don't go your way, or spending your time in the wrong areas. You know, it's really what it says. It's like effective, being effective. So one of the things that I got out of that book is um so they have this thing called the circle of influence, right? You follow me, right? Copy. Shout out to the one viewer. Uh, I think that's Sammy. Oh, sh- what up, Sammy? I haul him in the building. Um, so anyway, so this thing called circular influence. Circular influence is basically like, all right, realistically, what can you really impact around you? So there's things that, so there's a circle inside of a circle. So there'd be like one little circle, then outside of that's another circle, outside of that's another circle. So the smallest circle is like in your own personal life, you know what I mean? And things that you can impact in that area. And then right outside of that is like people that you know, people you know, that's around you. And outside of that is like people in your community. And outside of that is society. So what can often happen is that we'll have ideas or thoughts or feedback for our society, society, the larger picture and whatnot. And a lot of times it could be daunting and it can make you kind of sort of be like, you know what, fuck it. Cause you don't know where to start. You start too big. First off, that's my opinion in a lot of cases. So what this book kind of chimes in on and they kind of go detailed into it. Uh, I can't really go into detail as far as step-by-step in each principle, because it's less of a thing that I just memorized verbatim. It's more of an internalized kind of thing that I like to practice every day. It's definitely one of them re-readable kind of books. You know, you just revisit it every now and then, which is I'm due for one of those. So 
they talk about how to just, all right, you can build momentum to making an, uh, making an impact on this huge societal level or industry level, whichever context you want to put it in. But you don't always have to start on the, the hugest level. You can start with just applying certain... You can say, all right, look, this is what I want to accomplish. What are some minuscule, miniature, baby step, snowball effect ways I can just apply this? And as so you can go from, what do I put in my body? What do I eat? You know what I mean? You can go from, all right, if I do want to make a change on this level with my side, or whatnot, I got to be well rested because that connects with health. That, that affects how you can be effective. You know, um, you can be on some, I'm going to start treating people in my, in my environment a certain kind of way. I'm, I'm going to set a certain standard for conduct, you know, make people feel important, you know, and then, you know, and then nature takes its course. You end up in positions, you end up in situations where you can make a bigger impact. So um, I think it's a, beautiful book that's just my whole i'm i'm i actually want to follow up to another future episode on this where i go in further depth but this is kind of like the basic summary of like one of the points that i got so what's the next book the next book fam all right so i'm gonna get a little i'm gonna get a little out there okay all right you with me you with me sammy i can see you all right um so this one's called power of now all right uh eckhart tolle a little bit of the cliche approach too, because it's so widespread. If you don't know about it, it's almost like you hide it from it. <laughs> but there's a reason why it's widespread, because like he's kicking a lot of facts, you know. Um, so the power now for those who, if this is like a completely new concept to you, um, pop like so what they talk about is kind of like I mean, if you look at you know, um, for example, you know, Buddhism, they point to this a lot. A lot of different religions and so on so point to. This, these kinds of principles in one way or another. So this is kind of like just taking pieces of that and being like, look, bottom line, <laughs> you know, so power of now, um, what I got from it. Um, first of all, let me step back to the uh, seven habits thing real quick, because I want to contextualize how that affects how that can play the part for, you know what I'm saying? People that are independent artists, you know, we can have our feedback about the industry, you know, race, class, all these types of things. And, wanting to make a certain kind of impact on society with our art, whether economically, so on and so forth. But when you look at it, we're usually kind of shorthanded as far as resources that we have, our understanding of things that we certainly have, you know. Um, so one of the ways we can apply this principle of the uh, circles of influence is like, all right, cool. How about this? I'm going to make sure that I identify why I'm in this, right? This this was this was my um this is how I kind of took it and applied it. Hopefully it does something for you. So it's like, boom. All right. I have my own understanding about, you know, uh, how powerful art is and how that's kind of been used by corporations and whoever the fuck for, and not having our best interests in mind. Right. That's the the simple version. So let's say, you know, justification, like, all these kind of feelings on it. Right. How can I make a difference as a fucking DJ podcast person? Right. As a rapper, how the fuck can I do? about that shit right how about we start small like like i mentioned before i changed my diets uh i'll take another look at you know how i engage with people what i'm getting out of it you know what i mean what they're getting out of it and focusing on um providing value rather than seeking to extract value that kind of uh in my life that's sort of created a certain kind of momentum where i end up involved in things that otherwise i would have been too nearsighted or cynical to move forward on um for instance like this podcast like i always feel like there's a lot of dope things being done out here by our people 
And but what seems to be getting the most click is the negative stuff. We know it's, it's you don't have to look far at all to find out what's going on that's fucked up and working against us. But you do have to look hard to find out. Actually, there's a a, a good fight being fought. You know, there's, there's great efforts being done, and they actually could use extra, you know, eyes, ears, hands, and feet. You know what I mean? So th- the point of this podcast is like, all right, look, I know people that's doing dope shit. Let me create a platform. Anybody can make a podcast. You know, um, let me just shed some light on that. You know, we can make that work. You know, uh, shout out to a lot of Freeman. Um, <laughs> or, but um, yeah, so that's kind of how I kind of uh, looked into that. And another way I kind of looked into it was, um, you know, even though we end this to make a, we, we have to be sustainable with whatever we're doing because I live in one of the most expensive cities, you know, in the world, one of the most competitive ones as well. So we can't just do things just for the love and not think economically at all, sustain it at all. So, but one of the things that I did have to make sure that I, I, I picked a stern direction on where if it's something that, that that works against my ultimate goals or compromises my principles in certain kinds of ways, it almost doesn't really matter. Like if, if, if that outweighs the bag that I'm probably getting, I'm probably not going to take that opportunity where some people would be like, fuck it, yo, get that dollar, man, do your thing. And they probably right. And they can easily justify their point. But what my, I chose my priorities and I chose I'm going to chip away at making an impact in this specific area. So if I'm coming across something that impedes upon that, I have to stay. It, it's not a, you know, uh, it's not like a taking tallies on these situations that happen. It's picking a direction and staying on it. You know what I mean? And it's sometimes I'm going to take setbacks for it. Sometimes I'm going to get it, you know, I'm going to move further ahead of my mission for it. But what, what I chose was important is I'm going to stick you know, to what's important to me in regards to that. You know, they, I mean, listen, there's wiggle room between every now and then. You know, you do got to, like, compromise a little bit just for the sake of survival or whatever situation that may come up. It might be rent week, you feel me? You got to work with somebody. Otherwise, you don't really agree with how they move. So I get that. It's not about beating yourself up if you fall from it. But I'm just illustrating the point. Um, so so that's kind of how I apply what I've gotten from that book, Seven, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, written by Stephen Covey, and how I apply that as an artist, uh, and organizer in my community, right? So going on to the power of now, um, one of the things that I, I, I loved about this book is, so one of the things they talk about is how the only thing that really exists is the now, right? And he goes into like whole in-depth, pretty much the, the whole point of going in-depth is to kind of like rationalize, you, you, help you rationalize overthinking it and talking yourself out of, you know, something that could probably have a positive effect in your life. So, um, so basically the guy's main point is that, uh, as far as like today's society, especially in America, because considering that our culture is like primarily run by like capitalism and nothing else, um, uh, <laughs> capitalism, different types of isms. Um, so he's like, yo, majority, like a lot of us, and you can, assess this within yourself and people you know so i because i is that have to apply to everybody but one of the points was that a lot of us spend a majority of our time thinking about either obsessing over the future or dwelling over the past and you know aside from the fact that biologically um as far as how our brain works as as we create scenarios in our heads especially ones that we're worrying about you know like we're like it's like negative 
your brain is literally releasing chemicals that that literally shorten your lifespan. You know what I mean? It's like your body doesn't know the difference between what you're thinking about and what's actually happening. So that's just one scientific thing that's been coming up recently over something like this has been talked about for centuries, um, probably even thousands of years. So, so his point was that the only thing that really exists is now, and it's not. A, and whether you believe it or not, it's something that can make a difference. I believe in your life. It made a difference in my life. So just to go to one of his uh, reference points, he was like, "Listen, some like our brain is a tool." It's supposed to be a tool. It's not, it, it's, it's supposed to be used for, we, re, we refer to it so that we can accomplish certain things. But I don't think it's there for us to live in our heads. You know what I mean? So, and so one of the principles I got from this whole book in general was that whenever there's like a certain kind of fear or procrastination that's going on, nine times out of 10 is because I was in my head obsessing about what might happen, could happen, or something that has happened in the past. Um, and so as I started to adopt some of these principles, this is, this isn't about ignoring outcomes. This isn't about none of that shit. If you, if you do your due diligence, weigh everything out, is it worth the risk? Is it worth the investment of time? Establish that, set your little plan, but there's but so much you can control anyway. So you might as well enjoy and soak in every moment that's going on around you. Now that's kind of hard to really take from that statement and really understand what that really means. But I guess it's do your best. And if you want, listen to an excerpt of the audiobook on Amazon.com. Um, they they give you excerpts and you kind of go into that. There's a couple of ways you can read this. You can either get the book, um, physical book, hard copy, you can get the audio book. You know what I'm saying? If I fucks with you like that, hit me up. I give you my uh, my audible login. And you can just check that out for yourself because I listen to that on a regular. You feel me? So um, and this kind of points to like people that be meditating and whatnot. Um, what's one f- approach to it is, you know, for those who practice, you probably feel me on this, is that when you're meditating, what's happening is one of the approaches is you're looking at your, you're paying attention to your senses, um, your, your sense perception. For instance, like if you're like meditating outside, right, and you're just sitting there, it's not you just you're not sitting there chanting like some bonehead looking like an idiot. It's not just that. I mean, there's methods like that. Respect them, but I just think it's funny. But so what what's usually happening in these meditation moments is like you're paying attention to your sense perception. When you're breathing, you can feel the air going like hitting your nostrils going in. When you you can feel the air going in your uh you know in your in your stomach, you can feel your belly rising. You know, taking a moment to pay attention to just the wind hitting your hitting your face. Uh, you can pay attention and noticing, not focusing on these things. Cause there's a there's a big difference. You just allow whatever sticks out to you to exist. You know, and for those brief moments, you forget about all your problems. I swear to God, and it's almost rejuvenating. So as soon as you're done doing this, and then you you come out of it right, and you be like, "Bruh, I actually am more in the mood to do something that I felt I was too." mentally or heart heavy to go to it because I have so much on my mind. So that's just a, a good way that I usually use to like clear my mind before I go on stage, before I do something that I really hate doing, you know, when I'm doing paperwork at my job that I hate doing, you know, um, and just, you know, when you're going through certain kinds of pain, um, physical pain, mental pain, whatever, like, let's say if you got like a, a, a cramp or something like that cramp, but like, like, some kind of pain in your leg or something. Use your imagination, B. Uh, instead of trying to mentally run from the pain, right? Um, you know, which is very tempting to do, whether it was like drinking or just trying to do something else, you let yourself 
feel it. You feel me? You can't get, if you can't get rid of it, you can't get rid of it. It's easy to get stressed out. Oh, my leg hurt, man. My life, man. Fuck this shit, dude. It's whack. But you can just take a moment, actually, just let yourself, ex- and there's a lot of principles that comes in with this kind of practice where you're like, you know, acceptance. You know, no judgment on it, but just acceptance. This pain is here, B. This is what it is. This is what it feels like. You're coming to, you're coming to, uh, you know, you're, you're coming to this point of realness between you and like life, you know? And it's like, it, it is what it is. That's it. That's all it got to be sometimes. So that kind of helped me because, I, you know, as a bona fide angry black man in America, a lot of shit pissed me off. I think about a lot of things. You know, I walk through these these New York City neighborhoods, these gentrified neighborhoods a lot. You know, when I look at these different social dynamics going on, there's a lot of reasons to get pissed off. You feel me? When you interact with people, people can just piss you off, you know? But if there's not something you can do about it right then and there, what's the point of getting pissed off, literally? So I just stay in the moment. I mean, it's not perfect. I don't, I'm not perfect at it, but stay in the moment and, you know, focus on making the most out of every moment and just enjoying it and just being involved in it. When you're talking to somebody, you're taking in that whole aura. You're looking them dead in the eyes. You know, you're not thinking about responding. You're just listening. Or when you're talking, you're not just like, your mind isn't racing about all these other things. Like you're draining yourself a lot of times. You know, um, I wish I had to figure that out before my hairline started to disappear, but now I know. So yeah, so that's that. Um, So that's uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. He has countless, uh, you know, YouTube videos out there. If you wanted to hear this weird motherfucker just talk about it, you don't have to become him. He's like an extreme case. But if you want to just find, pick apart your little own pieces from that you want to take, you can do that. Um, this comes this comes in handy with me because as a as an artist, you know what I mean? As an independent artist, our, work, our line of work is very emotional, you know? And then, especially if you're in the, uh, from a marginalized community, there's things that can be triggering. And so trying to be a professional isn't as easy as it can seem and sound. So a simple business transaction going sour is not just some lost money or lost opportunity. Some, to you, it could be triggering as far as things that is going on in society, period. Or somebody could be treating you unfairly over certain things. So, you know, um, so one of the things that helps me get in, so this situation like that and this situation where we have a lot of back end things that we got, we got, we were, we, we overwork ourselves a lot. We work very hard. You know what I mean? Everybody in the city really, not everybody, but you know what I mean. Um, it's kind of like it. So being a, being an artist can be so it can be such an emotionally heavy thing, and then making it in New York can be such a heavy thing. I just find it rejuvenating whenever I take a moment to just do this kind of like sense perception, meditation, let everything go for a moment. You know what I mean? And then come back rejuvenated and ready to move forward. You know, that, that's like people used to come up and tell me, they're like, yo, Q, you come off like you ain't been through shit. You come off like you've been borderline spoiled. People who really know me in my life will tell you that's the opposite of the truth. You know, one of the things that kind of helped me just kind of leave, not forget what I've been through, but like kind of help me focus on what's in front of me, help me stay focused and help me enjoy what I do have is principles like what he talked about in this book. So I definitely, especially, you know, black people who are artists and small business owners and so on and so forth, like definitely take a look at this book. I think it's something that we could definitely uh, use in our community. Um, So moving on to the next book. Hold on, get some more coffee. Next book. All right, you ready? All right, so this one is called... um, um, (laughs) It's going to sound corny, but it's called Getting Things Done. All right. All right. Uh, so it's written by David Allen, GTD Methodology. 
And it's really just, uh, it's so the book is called, yeah, Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity and all of that. Um, it's really about just not just the, the one-dimensional approach to like time management and or task management. It's a bit deeper than that. It's like how you can be effective and get things done that's important to you while not going crazy, while not trying to keep everything in your head and how to get to a point where you, you don't have to keep everything in your head as far as your short-term, long-term plans and the whole what's the meaning of life questions, everything, all of that going on in your head while you still got to be like, all right, now how am I going to complete this project that's in front of me? That's a lot for your brain and your brain is designed for all of that. So he helped create, like he talks about a methodology, he created this methodology where, um, where you can help account for things that's going on, things that you're working on, things that are to be done, where depending on your context, you can uh, for, you can pull up a list or references or resources that you might be needing based on your context. So, and then anything that comes to your mind, you have a place to put it, and then you don't have to worry about it being on your mind, and you can actually focus on doing what you got to do and engaging appropriately. This single-handedly changed my life. So even if you don't get the methodology down to perfection, which I definitely haven't, just the way he framed getting things done and where we're keeping it, I think that kind of uh, I think that's that's been a, a huge difference in my life. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, definitely, definitely a life changer for me in a lot of different ways. Um, so yeah, he he's another one of those. He got like countless YouTube videos. He has you know uh, books. He has follow ups on the books. There's a whole community based on his methodology. So here's here's an example of like how his methodology. Is. And again, I'm probably gonna have a whole episode based on this. So um, like if I could, if I, like I could, if I wanted to, like, it's like, it's so real and the way it, it applies to us, I think it's just, it's crazy because nowadays in this whole industry of, of this, this era of post record label era or this post corporate company employment focused era, we're having to wear 10,000 hats. You know what I mean? So it's easy to drive yourself crazy, especially if you've never been to school for this kind of thing. Um, and you're, you're figuring out where you're going while you're going there. So it can be very heavy, you know? So while, so this is something that, um, you know, um, that I've been, that has been helpful to me in the sense of, listen, it keeps me from freaking out and getting in my head. So I have a place to put everything. When I sit down, there's literally a list for things that I can do while I'm at my laptop. There's a list of things that I'm doing that I'm purely going to do on my phone. There's a list of people that I'm going to call, things that you can schedule. Hey, yo, it's so deep and it's so real, yo. I ain't gonna lie. If you listen to like just even like one of the little short videos about it on YouTube or whatnot, it's gonna go even deeper into what I'm talking about here. And you know, for those who always wonder how I stay barely sane while doing everything that I've been doing, this has been a huge, this has been a huge like uh, help in regards to that. You know, it's another one that's revolutionized my whole life and the way I look at productivity. And now, before I would be obsessed with being busy, so I wouldn't even make time for meaningful conversations. You know, like, and when I'm talking to somebody, if it's not about business, I, my mind's everywhere else because I'm so obsessed about where I want to be in life in certain areas that I almost forget what almost, what in a lot of cases be my motivation for wanting to do it in the whole, in the, in the first place. So um, the principles that I learned from this book or whatnot, it, like, it helped me. I know, I know where to place everything. I know where to dock it. So when I need this information or when I need to know what I want to do next, how can I make the most out of where I'm at right now? There's a whole a reference that I can go to for what my next step is. And you don't have to worry about all the other shit because you know it's there. And you uh, and, and also it, it, it helped me 
take a redefine what we consider a task because some things we list as tasks there's not a task it's actually a project and his definition of project in that book is anything that takes more uh, more than like one or two physical actions so you can be like your task could be take moms to the airport there's more things to that for one you got to find out what her schedule is you got to make sure you get some uh, make sure your work schedule uh complements that you got to make sure you got the bread to get the gas or the uber or whatever the fuck make sure you got the time in your schedule that's already three tasks in there you know uh and they're not all going to happen at the same time sometimes they do sometimes they don't but like sometimes the way we look at these things we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot because we're oversimplifying what actually we probably could have get a big granular with and it's understanding too because there's so much pressure to move fast it's easy to tend to do that so this is something that helped me redefine and you know uh, what we can what we call a task and that also helped be a great uh stress reliever for me because sometimes you don't have all the steps figured out yet but you know what you need to do next so while everybody's freaking out stressing over the other thing you're you're looking at all right what can i do now and you're focusing on doing that while everybody else like you know like worrying about the big picture which is great once you know what you want to do big picture wise but unless you appropriately engage and assess like what's the very next step i'm going to do you'll you'll quickly start to realize the difference you realize the difference when you're at meetings you know uh this can often happen with this can also often happen with creatives you know, I don't know if you ever sat, not even just creators, because I've seen this in corporate environments and all of that. A lot of people don't even know how to have meetings um, because you, a lot of people get together and they talk about and theorize all this and that and ideas, but nobody's laid out, okay, well, what the next physical step is? When are, when are we going to mark this goal done? And that's not something that everybody can just inherently just automatically already have down pat. There's sometimes a lot of things in our lives are neglected, but actually could use some attention and really like looking at it like it's something serious, you know, um, especially in this age where we're already spreading ourselves thin. It's easy to overlook real life day to day shit. You feel me? So uh, so that's that. Um, And so David Allen uh, getting things done. Uh, books changed my life. Like I said, it's books, audio books, all of that. If I fuck with you like that, hit me up. I can get you like my Amazon uh, Audible app login or something like that. You know, give you like some tidbits. Other than that, the Amazon website has like samples of the audio books that you can listen to. And he breaks down the gist of it, um, and it's like practical. It's not like a bunch of theory or this and that because like he he came about from this. But, and also, there's like this also this whole um, conception about time management and task management. Like it's about like it's about restricting yourself. You can only do this near that thing, you know, which can be a problem because life is usually life is like things can happen. You know, things can change and you can't control that. And you have to be ready to adapt. Sometimes you have a plan, but then you have another idea that you're like, wait a second, let me try this real quick. You know, so this helps you like properly set shit up where you're like, no, you're not locked into this planning calendar box, but you actually have more room for freedom because if you do stray off, you know exactly where you're picking back up, you know? So that's not something you have to worry about. And a lot of us tend to, well, at least it's been my problem, but based on people that I've talked to, this is a common thing where a lot of what we tend to try to do so many things at the same time, because, oh, the reason why we tend to rush doing certain things, because we're looking to get it done before we forget to do it, you know? And that's kind of like unhealthy and not very realistic as far as like how our body even functions be. So that that's definitely worth a look. 
You know, shout out to my my artists, especially the disenfranchised ones. Like, we don't get trained on this type of shit. We already come from, like, a complicated background. We've been through a lot culturally, physically, emotionally, but politically, and all of that. So we're actually we're working our way up to, like, ground zero. You feel me? So this is part of that process that I've been using for that. Um, I actually got more. But I think for now, I think I'm going to throw on a little track for y'all. Uh, this is by my boy Red. I hope I got it on my drum right now. Um, and also, for those who don't really know... Um, so this is going to be a recorded, uh, this is going to be a, so this is going to, this recording is going to go up on the podcast. So I'm going to play the track here, but like, shout out to those who probably won't catch the podcast. It might sound a little bit muffly because I'm playing it right from the speaker right here, but I'm going to edit this and it's going to actually sound pretty dope, um, on the podcast itself. Um, shout out to Joy Sanchez. She's been helping me a lot with a lot of the show notes. Shout out to my man Spencer. He's been helping me out with like, editing and mixing down all these different, uh, you know, uh, podcast episodes. Y- y'all have been priceless. Uh, a great help. Um, shout out to Will Cox uh, from Dirty Pipes. Pause. Like, it's crazy, right? Um, um, you know, he's part of Vice Versus as well. Shout out to Taekwon Sounds. He, uh, he got, I got a podcast coming up with him pretty soon. For, for those who don't know, he was there from the early early days of the Brooklyn Wildlife thing. You know what I mean? Like, very one of my favorite artists, one of my uh, favorite performing artists and inspires a lot of what I do. All right, so this track that I'm going to play right now, and I'm just going to actually uh, uh, walk off while this is playing. This is by Redstone. Fun fact, it's my cousin. Uh, maybe I'm putting it on because of my cousin, but I also think he's dope. You be the judge. Uh, I think it's pretty dope. It's called Paradise, all right? Alright, 
Hey, yo, again, that's uh, Paradise by Rojo, a.k.a. Redstone. Uh, shout out to the rest of the fam. Shout out to Bugstone. Shout out to Goon. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to whole, that whole side of the fam, yo. Shout out to y'all. Miss all y'all. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, I want to say um, congratulations uh, uh, to, to my cousin Ronald, Ronald Third. He graduated high school and all that. My fault, y'all. This ain't about y'all right now. I'm focused, talking to the fam right now. Shout out to uh, my man, my man Ronald, a.k.a. Third, and all of that. Had this high school joint going on. Shout out to, you know, grandma and granddaddy. You know what I'm saying? Uncle Ron, all of y'all. Miss y'all. Shout out to Sabrina. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Aunt Bernadette. Uh, you know, Mom Deuce. Shout out to Mom. Shout out to Aunt Daz, Tyler. All y'all, man. So much family. I miss y'all, yo. Um, so, yeah, yo. So, yeah, again, that was Paradise by Rojo, a.k.a. Redstone. Uh, that joint definitely hit my heart for real. He t- talks about a lot of real deep things. I mean, I let the music speak for itself. You feel me? Uh, yeah, young artist. He's been performing since he was like three months old and all that. She's crazy. But uh, yeah, so back, welcome back, QC, R versus Life. We're talking about, you know, we're breaking down books and, you know, for motherfuckers that ain't got time to read, basically. Okay? That's what, that's what this is about. All right? So I told y'all about Power of Now. I told y'all about uh, Seven Habits. I told y'all about um, Getting Things Done book. So here's the, here's the other one. Yeah, this one's a, a kicker, B. Yo, this is real, son. Yo, so this book is called, I forgot the name of the author, but it's called uh, Difficult Conversations. So this book right here, son, this shit is real deep. I ain't going to hold you. I had to take a couple of breaks from uh, from reading it because this shit is wild triggering. Like, how did this shit change my life? It changed my life. It helped me be more empathetic in conversations. It helped me go into uh, addressing like issues that come up between me and another individual, but addressing it in a way where it's not me versus them. It's called me like, but instead it's me and them versus the problem kind of thing. Um, and it kind of helped me not take certain things personally. Like, like it really, like it helped me recontextualize what a disagreement is, what a lot of these problems are and what a lot of people really at the end of the day want and are looking for or at least what I'm looking for or whatnot. So it's, when there's like an issue with me and another person, sometimes, we, you know, um, you, sometimes people just want to be heard out. Sometimes that's, an, you know, that you can't even get to the problem solving part until you hear that out. You know what I mean? Like I've learned that the hard way. Like you can be, you can try to act as logistical as you want and like try to act like you just pragmatic, stoic motherfucker. Be like, well, clearly the issue with this, I mean, we just solve it, just the answer. It's not always about that, B. And, uh, you know, it, it, on a theory level, it's easy to just feel that way, but it's another thing to have like a step-by-step way to approach that. And I think this book was something that chimed in on that pretty fucking well. Um, so yeah, again, it's called uh, Difficult Conversations. And the reason why I say that book was triggering, son, is because like, yo, it's let me, yo, it, it made me pay attention to like all all the the relationships that could have, for one, it's emotional labor um, because you got to look at, like, like it taught me to look at like, when I have an issue with somebody or something, it makes me look at what the really what the issue really is. Uh, makes me be honest with myself, and once I identify that, it helped me be more proactive on what I can actually do about it. And sometimes I don't really need that person to do anything. I just need to switch up what I do a little bit. Uh, or sometimes, like if I have like an issue with somebody, sometimes we can have expectations on somebody that they don't know about. You know what I mean? Um, and when they don't meet these expectations, we take it personally. Um, you know. But they probably are just, it, it doesn't, they don't mean it how it's coming off. And they kind of like really helped me with that. And it really, um, it helped me look at really like a lot of the untended to um, 
burnt bridges with people or issues that were left that could have been handled better, stuff that I need to circle back on, you know, conversations that I, I made me realize that I need to have. And it's scary as fuck because it's a very vulnerable thing. We all been through shit. We got triggers. You feel me? So uh, that shit was heavy as hell. Make sure you got some whiskey. You feel me? And uh, words. <laughs> that book. <laughs> you know, and then considering like, you know, um, considering like uh, just that access to like things like therapy and like emotional intelligence and emotional health, you know, certain communities don't have all that. So this is something that I think is really dope in regards to that. Um, so again, that's called Difficult Conversations. I forgot the name of the motherfucking author. Uh, I'm going to circle back, post that in, in uh, the notes for the show and in the comments of the stream. Shout out to everybody that tuned in. Shout out to uh, Sammy. Shout out to my man Nazir. You know what I mean? Uh, shout out to Zing Tings. <laughs> my man Wendell. You already know, man. Shout out to all of y'all, B. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Y'all are the reason why I do this shit in the first place. Um, you feel me? Like, yo, like, because it, it just goes back to how I started and why this shit started in the first place. Art versus life thing. You know, for those who have been to the panels that we've done, the parties that we've thrown, the incentives that we've been a part of, it's really just started, like, it's really started for me just having, you know, watching people with great talent and the only difference between them, you know, uh, being able to manifest what's important to them and not uh, being able to manifest that is really just not having certain insights available to them, not having certain, like, sometimes the person don't need, you know, it, it, like, money's cool, you know, material things is cool, somebody buying us something that's cool, but sometimes a lesson or a life lesson or insight can like make all the difference in the world where somebody ain't got to recreate the wheel, you know? Um, so, and there's, there's a lot of people that have that to offer to each other. So, you know, so that's kind of like this whole thing is really about is kind of sharing that with each other. So I'm starting to realize that I kind of like this live thing a little bit better. I'm thinking that I don't know how y'all feel about the Sunday's afternoon thing, but I'm kind of feeling that right now. The Sunday afternoon, I'm thinking about maybe doing that weekly while we're catching up on these back end episodes that we have. We have so many interviews, but uh, there's so much content that sometimes the interviews ain't even going ain't going to be enough. So I'm gonna have guests here, but I'm also gonna have episodes where I'm just chatting with y'all, chopping it up. Feel free to hit me up with questions. You know, uh, R versus Life Podcast at gmail.com. Hit us with any questions, any kind of feedback. You know. Same name on IG, Twitter, and all of that. We on all that. You know what I mean? Highlight is going to be a stranger. You feel me? So, um, yo, I ain't going to lie. As uh, the first stream in a while, the second stream ever and all of that, this is kind of fire, yo. Shout out to those who, you know what I'm saying, who, who poked their head in and see what was going on and all that. That's much appreciated. You feel me? Uh, shout out to Domo. Shout out to Jazzy. You know what I mean? Shout out to Greg, Wolfset, Taff. Uh, you know, Tab PJs, you know what I'm saying? FTW, I see y'all. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, we're going to get it in, yo. Yo, Mook, I see you. was popping. All right, this is your boy, uh, Quinn Council, a.k.a. QC. This is Arvis Light Podcast, and I holla. You know what I mean? Hey.